Hello, my name is Yunoini Barra, and I'm here with Franklin Quiroz. And our podcast for today is going to be about post-colonialism. I will start with telling the history of post-colonialism. But in order to understand this topic, it's essential we first understand and define some terms in relation to colonialism and how they tie in together. I will be using the terms defined by the book, Post-Colonialism, A Guide for the Perplexed, and summarize them so they're not confusing. Beginning with referring to European and American powers as colonizers or colonial powers, because majority of colonization is and was done by European countries. And in the early days, the same Europeans who came to the United States and colonized the Native American land and people already here. This leads to colonization And what exactly is colonization? It is the act of settling or taking over the land of an indigenous group residing in that area. This also includes the exploitation of the goods in that land and forcing that group to change their culture, society, economy, and politics, to name a few. And this is done in order to reform or better their already functioning society. While they may sound similar, colonialism has a different meaning than colonization. Colonialism refers to the process of settlement by Europeans in Asian, African, South American, Canadian, and Australian spaces. As time has passed, there have been more efforts to address and study this colonization that has taken place And it takes a look at how the colonized groups have changed because of this. And that is post-colonialism. This is not to be confused with decolonization, which is similar in the fact that they both try to address and dismantle the colonized way of thinking and living. But decolonization is a process where non-white nations and ethnic groups in Asia, Africa, and South America strive to secure economic, political, intellectual, and cultural freedom from their European masters. All of these terms are related to post-colonialism theory because this theory examines the following done through research and readings. The perception Western countries have of the non-European natives, the tools used to colonize, such as language change, art, architecture, and how colonial anthropology history were rooted in racial discourse. Post-colonialism, I think, is more about studying the third world countries who were colonized and who are now looking to revive the loss of culture, politics, economy, etc. due to this colonization by Europeans. But this post-coloniality cannot be studied through the eyes of a colonizer. Therefore, it's important that the colonized groups get a chance to explain their history without the colonizer's side of the story or without their influence. In my opinion, post-colonialism is a pathway to decolonization and helping those who were colonized. The freedom to have sovereignty over their culture and the politics within their culture without the influence of colonizers. 
The main idea for post-colonial theory is to study how colonialism changed the colonized individuals' lives and have them tell their side of the story. Everyone, whether colonized or not, must observe how this post-colonialism still plays a part in our lives. What you had to say about in order to, to, to change the way things are going, um, we need to look at things without looking at through the eyes of the colonizer. I 100% completely agree with that. Um, I have a question for you in regards to your portion of the podcast. Do you think post-colonialism is a step towards decolonization and why? Um, yeah, I think it definitely is. Um, decolonization is a process where um, colonized groups try to live a life um, in society where they don't thrive um, based on the colonizers, um, what the colonizers built. Um, so it's it might it might be difficult for um, the colonized to separate from colonizers um, influence because most of everything that is happening right now and the way things work it's because of um, colonizers but it's definitely doable um, and post-colonialism definitely gives the insight of life um, without colonizers influence and I think studying more uh, post-colonialism can lead to the success of decolonization i agree it's education is always the best way to get rid of um negative impacts of our past uh so for my portion of the podcast i'm gonna give some examples of uh uh, post-colonialism and colonization and how they both kind of mirror each other and i know that in your podcast you were saying that uh colonialism is also a uh it's like almost like a it's a movement to to better things and empower decolonize their uh, their living situation, you know. Yeah. But I but I um when I was reading something I found interesting, it was uh, it, it discussed at how some atrocity atrocities are still um, hidden amongst that post colonialism because everybody will sit there and say, oh, post colonialism this must be a great thing. But then as these things that um, were still set in a place during colonialism, they're still happening now, you know? So if you can bear with me during my portion and let me know if I lose you, but I'm gonna try to explain how it's linked. Um, colonialism is a term that critically refers to the legitimization of invasion, occupation, and exploitation of inhabited lands by overwhelming outside military forces. For local populations, this meant suffering at the hands uh, forceful elimination of race. Exposure to foreign rule and overuse of natural resources, including manpower or slavery. Putting a positive connotation behind colonialism would be incorrect, even though it was considered to be a legitimate enterprise because it was backed by religious agenda. Colonialism affected the distribution of liberties to the point they justified denying rights and freedoms to those who deemed not worthy or too uncivilized to rule themselves or make their own laws. For example, the Spanish Inquisition is an instance where where a religious agenda was set was used to hide a monetary agenda. Those suffering the consequences of being conquered experienced atrocities at the hand of their colonizers. Justification was made by referring to the pigmentation of their skin, and they were deemed incapable of ruling themselves, so they were conquered. 
Another example would be the annexing of the Philippines in 1898. The United States paid to annex the entire Philippine archipelago. And the reasoning behind the annexation was the fear of losing an economic opportunity. The United States believed Filipinos were incapable of self-rule and were in fear of losing this opportunity if Japan and Germany jumped on it. So we annexed the Philippines. Although this may seem like a nice thing to do, it wasn't because our reasoning was terrible and our means to making money off them was even more outlandish. And I have a quote from a person that was uh, involved in um, not necessarily the annexing, but he had something to say about it. His name was William Bryan. He said, some argue that argue that American rule in the Philippine Islands will result in the better education of Filipinos. Be not deceived. If we expect to maintain colonial policy, we shall not find it to our advantage to educate the people. The educated Filipinos are now in revolt against us, and the most ignorant ones have made the least resistance to our domination. If we are to govern them without their consent and give them no voice in determining the taxes which they must pay, we dare not educate them lest they learn to read the, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, and they will mock us for our inconsistency. That's what William Bryan said, it, and I, I feel like that's what's happening to us currently. So as stated by William Bryan, if the American people choose to make any type of enterprise in the Philippines, they must ensure the education the Philippines are receiving is keeping them uneducated enough so they do not understand our Constitution to the point they can't read their own. We actually took this into consideration and this may be seen as imperialism but it can also be seen as a direct effect of being colonized in the past post-colonialism has a detrimental effect in culture identity and can fuel historical trauma currently we are still living in a world where information can be doctored in order to control the masses making it seem like we're living we are still living in the process of being colonized this is how i feel post-colonialism affects us today we're given freedoms and liberties to function in the society that rewards us as if it deems necessary, as it deems it necessary, but our reward selection is very limited and may be inaccurate. We deserve so much more. We are, we are a society driven by social media and we have made it easy for information to be fed to us in order to keep us dumbed down. The reality is that we are entitled to so much more culturally and humanly. We just have to find our, find out for ourselves. We must gain control of our educational process so we can learn our true worth. That's what I feel um, post-colonialism and colonialism and how they affect us today. I mean, regardless of what anybody wants to call it, we're still, our, our information that we get is still being controlled. Here in the United States, the, amount, the, the, kind of, the quality of information that the common U.S. citizen gets is not the same in every household. And this keeps us divided. And it, it prevents us from creating our own future. And I feel like we're still in the process of being colonized, you know? It's very eye-opening how many examples you can get of colonialism even now. You know, it's not always about, you know, Christopher Columbus and it's colonialism even now. Um, well, it's a very informative podcast. Um, do you have anything else you would want to say or... Um, other than just saying the only way to pull ourselves out of this is is just an education. And I, I believe it, it starts with our youth. I think that mm -hmm. the children need to understand what it is that we're going to school for every single day. And it's not to buy a car. It's it's to secure our cultural identity. You know, we um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic and I have a last name of Kiros, but I have no idea 
where that last name came from. I, 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 I don't speak the native tongue where my DNA comes from. I don't speak Nahuatl. I speak Spanish. You know, that's just like proof that they won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's, that's all 